delighted to know that we stand in your presence this morning with people who've experienced everything we've just sung about, who remembers what it was like to be rescued by you, who remembers what it was like to walk in darkness and now be able to walk in light, who remembers what it was like to see you change their lives for all eternity. So we come today to celebrate that in a variety of ways, and we're delighted that we can sing about it and give you praise because it you who changed our lives forever. And so we give you that praise. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Dave. Dave and I have the privilege of working on all these services together, and every single song that we just sang ties in to what we're going to celebrate this morning in baptism. So I hope you appreciate that when you see the tank, as well as be able to understand the change that God has made in a variety of people. This particular month, a lot of people celebrate a number of different things. Some of you are going to celebrate a graduation from high school. Some of you are going to celebrate the fact that you graduated from high school. And you're probably going to maybe be one of those who walks down the aisle and then just peeks to see if it's signed. Others of you graduated from college, and you're going to celebrate that. And then you got that first job, and your family is really celebrating that, that after that college experience, you finally have your first job, or at least a job. And so everybody's celebrating in that particular context. Maybe it's an upcoming wedding, the end of school, summer vacation. Doesn't every mom say that's my favorite time of the year? <laughs> summer vacation, it's like now? It's already here, coming up in a week? When's August? Everybody looks at it different. I've got one of the most beautiful ladies I know on the planet, Ginger Cypher, who's going to celebrate a birthday, and it's going to be a big one. It's like 90. And even though she only looks... And even though she only looks 70, somebody really did tell me that's the number. And the family's going to celebrate. Maybe it's a family reunion, a family vacation, all kinds of celebrations that a lot of people experience during May and June at this time of the year. This morning, we're going to celebrate new life in Christ. Everyone who's going to walk through this tank and 11 who walked into first service this morning are going to celebrate. I mean, we did celebrate. Everything we just sang about, everything I'm going to preach in the next 10 minutes is what they're experiencing or have experienced. We've got people who have been walking with Jesus for a long period of time. We've got people who are brand new. We've got a couple up here at the front who has been here such a short period of time, they haven't even filled out a Connect card yet. And they're just excited when they found out we're going to do a baptism, want to be a part of the day to celebrate. I know this is something that most of us don't think about, certainly on a regular basis, but if I were to ask you, when you die, do you want to go to heaven? i got to believe that all of us would say what? Of course. Now, if I were to ask you, how do you know you're going to get there for sure? i got to believe there would be more answers than just that one, of course. Some would say, well, I went to church regularly. Doesn't that count? Wait a minute. I go to CAC. That's got to count a lot. I lived a good life. I haven't hurt anyone. I've obeyed the Ten Commandments. I read the Bible. All wonderful answers, just not the right one. When Jesus finished up his ministry on earth, he came to his disciples knowing they are wrestling with the concept of him telling them he's going to go to Jerusalem, be arrested, be hung on a cross, and die. He could tell the anxiety in their faces when he's watching them listen to him tell them that over and over again. He came to them one of the most profound sections in all of Scripture when he says, look, I'm leaving, I'm going to prepare a place for you, but I'm going to come back and get you, take you there with me. One of his disciples asked the 
absolute best question on the planet, and Jesus gave him the ultimate answer to life itself in one short verse. He said, how do we get there, and how do we know the way? And Jesus said, I am that way. I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one, can I underline that word, no one? No one comes to God except what? Through him. He is the way, the absolute only way. Everything we celebrate at Christmas, everything we just celebrated in Easter with God coming to the earth, Jesus dying on the cross, resurrection from the grave, all of it's tied in to what we celebrate this morning when we do baptisms here every so often. Scripture clearly teaches us that not a single one of us on this planet will be able to get to heaven on our own. Our sin is too ugly and God is too holy and the gap between the two is enormous. Do you get that? Our sin is too ugly and God is too holy and the gap between the two is enormous. A lot of people try to bridge that gap with good things. All the things that I mentioned a moment ago. They go to church, they read the Bible, they try to be nice to everyone, they obey the Ten Commandments, all wonderful things, but never really knowing for sure whether or not with any of those things I'm going to go to heaven. Now, others feel like, I'll never make it. I don't know if you have friends or family. When you talk to them about your relationship with Jesus and the fact that you know when you die you're going to go to heaven, and they say, I doubt if I'll ever get there. And so they give up. And some try to fill that hole in their soul with everything they possibly can. Sometimes it is church. Sometimes it is activity. Sometimes it's work and relationships. And for some people, it's even alcohol and drugs. Somehow trying to fill that hole in their soul only to come up empty. Now, the sad part of both of those is neither one of them works. Trying as hard as you can to be accepted by God or believing that it really doesn't matter, so it doesn't matter, neither one of those work. What we celebrate over Christmas and Easter is the answer. It's what separates us from every other religion in the world. Every other religion in the world tries to do everything they can to at least get God's attention. And maybe somehow, somewhere along the way, what they'll do is pleasing him enough so that their good will outweigh the bad. And when it's all said and done, because we're all going to die, it's the one thing for certain in all of us. Doesn't matter how long you live, doesn't matter how well you make it through life, how good you are, every single one of us are going to die. And we're going to face Almighty God. And we've got a God who so loved this world that instead of us trying to reach him and get his attention, he came down and reached us, and not just came down to try to touch us, he actually came down looking for us, and offering us life, and not just eternal life, which in and of itself is incredible, he offers us life now, I've come to give you life, and I've come to give it to you more abundantly, heaven, absolutely, incredible plan, but I've come to give you life right now, and you can live it, he says, to the full. He offered to pay God's required price for our sin. Romans tells us, if you've never heard the verse, i got to believe you've probably heard it somewhere along the way, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Not most, not a few, not quite a many of us, but all have sinned and fallen short of God's holiness. And the wages of that sin is death. And then this three little word in the middle, this three letter word, but, first service I went, three little words, Three little syllables. Somebody help me out there. They're going three letters. I went, oh, thank you very much. <laughs> three letter word, but. I mean, you have any idea? The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is a life through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
That's why we celebrate. That's why we celebrate baptism. That's why we celebrate when people come to Christ. That's why we celebrate new life in Christ over there. Because it is indeed a celebration. New life in Christ. He didn't just die a martyr's death for a great cause. He died for our sin, paid the price for our sin, rose from the dead, and offers us life everlasting and, by the way, an amazing future in heaven. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can't even conceive what God has prepared for those who love him. And it all begins by us personally recognizing our need for a Savior, confessing our sins, inviting him into our life, and letting him take control of our life. And from that point on, everything changes. And when I got to that point, there was a number of them getting baptized into first service, and they're all going, absolutely, everything changes at that moment. Which is, to be honest with you, why? We want you to pray for your friends. We want you to talk to your friends about Jesus. We want you to share with them about Christ because we believe this message literally is the only hope of the world, the message that we have in Jesus Christ, our Savior, which is why we want you to take it to your family, to your friends, to your coworkers, in your neighborhood, in your school, and around the world because we believe it's the answer to life. Now, what we're going to celebrate in a few moments is a public declaration of a personal decision. Most people who come to faith in Christ come to him with one or two, three, four people around them. Maybe it's by themselves. Mine was right by my bed in 1965. I knelt down and invited Christ into my life. But then I came to the point of saying, now I want to let everybody know what I've done. Told my mom and dad, but the story goes on. You want to be able to celebrate that with everyone. Scripture says, repent and be baptized. Repent means I'm walking this way, doing my own thing, walking my own way. And I realize that's not the answer to life. So I turn around. Repent means turn around and follow another path. All my missionary friends, most of them, especially in Southeast Asia and a lot of other places, say they're now walking the Jesus path. They're now walking the Jesus way. They walked away from that, and they're walking this way. Repent, the very next step, be baptized. Public declaration of the commitment you made to Jesus. Now, you confess your sins, you accept Christ as Savior, and then you let everybody know what you've done. Now, some people through the years have said, well, you know, my relationship with Jesus, my, my accepting Christ as my Savior, my faith in God is a private matter. Not really. It's supposed to be a public declaration. It's not something you keep to yourself. You want to share it. You want to make sure that everybody knows that you're a follower of Jesus. It may be a private decision, but now it's a public statement. I am a follower of Christ. Baptism says that to everyone. I am not ashamed to say it out loud that I'm a follower of Christ. Now, saying it here usually isn't a problem. I've never had anybody in the tank say, well, I, I'm, I just thought, you know, warm water, why not? <laughs> you a follower of Jesus? Oh, Yeah. Saying it here is not the issue. Saying it out there and living it out there is the big deal. And that's why we say to you every time we do a baptism service, pick one of those people, maybe all of these people, to say, I want to pray for them. Wherever they're at, whatever they do, whatever environment they live in, I want to pray for them because it's one thing to say I'm a follower of Jesus in here. It's another thing to say I'm a follower of Jesus out there. And those who are getting baptized are saying this morning about being baptized I'm going to stay true to my commitment to follow God no matter what challenges come my way. I want my faith to be an example to other people. I want to be a positive influence on my friends, on my family, on school, work, neighborhood. 
I'm not ashamed to be a Christian. I'm actually, to be honest with you, excited about it. And I can't wait to tell that story. Now, in our denomination, the Christian Missionary Alliance, we believe in full immersion. Many of you come from different backgrounds and totally understand that. In our context, we believe in immersion. When you go under the water, it signifies that you did repent. You went that way, and now you turned around. And going under the water signifies I'm not what I used to be anymore. Coming up out of the water signifies to the world I'm a follower of Christ. New creature in Christ. Now, we don't point this way and that way for that reason, but notice that everybody comes in this way and goes out that way because they're making that change, that statement, this is who I am with Christ. Going into that tank symbolizes that. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago when we talked about what God has done here at CAC, and I said to you there's a lot of people in our congregation who has some form of a religion but no relationship with Almighty God? And now they've been here a part of our CAC family, and now they have this wonderful relationship with Jesus. After each service, I had a number of people walk up to me and say, I was that person. I went to church. I grew up in church. I had religion, but no relationship with God, and he's changed my life forever. Some of those in both services are the ones that are reason, or the reason they're celebrating. Some of them, maybe, and some of you may know a prodigal. Grew up in church, grew up in a good family. Prodigal son grew up in a good family. Everything was going well. Decided to go his own way and walk away from God. Walk away from everything he knew. And some of you maybe have that prodigal here this morning and know about him. You've been praying for him. My encouragement to you is to keep on praying because someday they may turn around and continue to journey back to God. There's a great line that I heard a while ago that says, they may be able to escape your presence, but they will never be able to escape your prayers. So keep praying. Some of them grew up in Christian homes, but couldn't depend on that for their salvation. They needed to come to a point where they made their family's faith their own. I found in my journey of life that many people come on one or two levels to Jesus. They either know enough they want to, that's what I need to do, or they heard enough they have to, because he's the only answer. And most of them, to be honest with you, in my experience, come at that level, and that's awesome. A few weeks ago, we started something a little bit new here, and that is these two crosses, one that says praying they find Jesus, and one over here says celebrating new life in Christ. And what we've asked you to do is if there's somebody in your sphere of influence, somebody that you'd love to see find what you have found in Jesus, write their name on a card and put it on there, and through the service, anytime during the service, you can just get up and do that. There are cards over there, and many people have taken the opportunity to do that. On that particular Sunday morning, I had a card in my hand and a name on the back of it of somebody I've been praying for for well over a year. As only God could, when I said to you that day, when you know he's telling you to do it, he's already orchestrated it, God opened up an amazing opportunity for me that very day to go share with him about Jesus and that I've been praying for him for a long period of time. And that very day, he accepted Christ as his Savior. Six days later, he passed away. Do not wait till it's too late. Life is very unpredictable, very precious, and very fragile. Do not put it off until it's too late. And don't just pray for the names on the cross. We want you to do that as well. But take the initiative. Do everything you possibly can to have those opportunities where you share with them what you have found in Christ. And maybe you'll have the opportunity to celebrate what we're going to do this morning in the lives of five here and 11 in the first service. 
So those of you who are getting baptized, you're pretty easy to identify. You've got shirts on that said, I've decided to follow Jesus. Would you stand? There you are. I'm going to ask you in front of your church family, do you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? And is it your desire to follow him in baptism, which makes a public declaration, I'm going to continue to follow Jesus until I see him face to face? Is your answer? Yes, you may be seated. Keith, come and pray. Let's pray.